0: Why are you alive? What's the purpose that you're living for today? What would make this a good day? Why should you go through this day? Well, Jesus has an answer for that, and it's surprisingly simple, and it can be glorious. I promise you, for you, this day could be glorious. Greatest teacher who ever taught and the greatest uh, talk ever given said that your problems are not insurmountable. The darkness is not insurmountable. The light is the presence of God and his kingdom. So you can make this a golden rule day. And in this great sermon, Jesus was talking to this unlikely, needy crowd, and he surprised them with these words, and they come now to you. You are the light of the world. And by the way, isn't light a good idea? You know, the Bible begins with that. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Didn't have to be. Light was God's idea. And it's a really good one. Let's be grateful for that today. You are the light of the world. Now, we're told in the Bible that Jesus is the light of the world. That's not surprising. But but Jesus says, it's you. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Now, this language is all loaded. You can't hide a city on a hill. It just can't be done. There was an article years ago in the Biblical Archaeological Review that suggested the city Jesus had in mind when he was talking about this may have been a town called Sepphoris. It was only three miles away from where Jesus grew up in Nazareth, so he would have seen it very, very often. It's, It's very possible that he might have helped in the work of construction. We know that's constructing it. That's the work he and his father both did. Herod Antipas decided that Sepphoris was going to be the ornament of Galilee. It was also called the Mosaic City because it was famous for its mosaics. It was going to be a tribute to Roman wealth, luxury, and power. And Cicero wrote of Rome that Rome, in its power and its matter, Rome is the light of the world. So when Jesus is using this language, it's it's kind of loaded. Uh that city, Sepphoris, was actually named for. The Hebrew word was birds of poor or something like that. And it sat on a hill like a bird sits on a nest. And and they were going to make it a city that could not be hidden, but they were going to do it through wealth and power and luxury. And Jesus says, no, we have another plan. We're building another kind of city. And it's still growing. It's still going. He said it can't be hidden. There was not far from there another community. This was kind of a monastic community. They were called the Essenes, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. You might've heard of them. And they called themselves the sons of light, children of light. However, they withdrew from everybody, not just Rome, not just the pagan Gentiles, but even the rest of Israel that they regarded as kind of corrupt. And Jesus says, nope, that's not the plan either. I I want you to get out there and let your light shine. Here's what he says, Uh, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify you. No, that's not quite what he says. So let's talk about what does it mean to glorify God for a moment? What is glory? We tend to associate with glory with something that is spectacular or impressive and we all want it, we're made to want it. That glorifying God can become such a cliche. I remember going to Christian concerts sometimes where the musician is done and people be applauding like crazy. And uh sometimes the response would be, all glory to God. When the reality is, you know, just say thanks, because like you're human, you're kind of enjoying this. And uh we often associate glory with Uh, remarkable talents or a spectacular achievement. I was golfing with my friend Gary not too long ago, and on one hole I hit a really, really good drive for me. And I was about 150 yards out from the hole, and I hit a really good second shot, and it went in the hole. I got an eagle on a par four. All glory to God. Um, But actually, the way that Jesus is talking about glory and what does it mean to glorify God is something quite different. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Dallas Willard used to say, To glorify God means to live in such a way that when people look at your life, they say, Thank God for God. To glorify God just simply means to live in such a way that when people look at your life, when they experience your presence in their midst... They find themselves saying, thank God for God, that God would think up a person like that, that a life like that would actually be possible. That's what it means to glorify God. I love the description that Peter gives of Jesus in the book of Acts. He's talking to Gentiles, so he can't use the language that Israel knew well. So what he says is, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God, the Holy Spirit and power, And went around doing good. Now, you can do that. You can go. And and Jesus says, here's our strategic plan, guys. Doesn't have to look impressive. You don't have to be credentialed for this. Blessed are you. Now, this is just coming right down to the very ordinary people that Jesus was talking about. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine so that people see your good deeds. And say, thank God for God, that God would... That's what matters. I remember a time uh, seeing that light really clearly in other folks. Um, Several years ago, I had left my work after a long, long time, and it was quite a painful process. So there was no opportunity for a farewell or... um, closure or goodbyes, any of that sort of thing. So a group of friends, probably about 20 people, gathered from lots of different places, uh, even around the country, and had a day of encouragement for Nancy Me, just to do fun stuff. And then we had dinner all together. And then we went to a park, and uh, people began to read or say things that they had prepared to encourage us and to love us and to care for us and to thank us. And this went on long enough that the sun set and it got dark, so people brought out their cell phones to just light up the dark in the park. And a sprinkle head started to sprinkle it. It got us all wet. My friend Danny very typically just stood in front of it, so his pants got soaked to keep us dry so that we could go on. And the light, just watching you know, those lights of those cell phones illuminate people's faces as they said thank you and talked about what was moving in our relationship. And I realized something when we were having those conversations, that if I would have given one more sermon that somebody thought was good or written one more book that might have been read, uh, that would mean very little in those moments. But to have another person look at me and say, John, you noticed me, you cared about me, you helped me, You encouraged me. You built into me. Uh, That meant the world. And I knew when I reached the end of my life and I'm looking back on it, uh, to have any more glorious accomplishments in that moment would mean very little, but people, relationships, that would mean everything. And I realized one of the tensions in my own life is there's a a kind of a miswiring where... uh, I can confuse being productive with what is most meaningful. Not bad to be productive, and for me, it will often involve things like to be able to learn and to try to communicate. That's a good thing. Um, but what matters most is people. What matters most is trying to help people and trying to connect with people and trying to be with people. So that's the word for today. There was an old song we used to sing when I was a little kid growing up. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's your song today. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We see this over and over in the Bible. Paul says to that ragged little group of believers at Philippi, do everything without arguing or grumbling that you might become pure and blameless children of God in a warped and corrupt generation in which you shine like stars in the sky. Or Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, you are children of the light. Or John writes at the end of the book of Revelation, the day is coming when we will no longer need the light of the sun or the light of the lamp for God himself will give us light. He is the light of the world, that's true, but not just that. You are the light of the world. So go around doing good today. Just that, go around doing good. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Help somebody, encourage somebody, love somebody, thank somebody, do an errand for somebody, do for somebody else what you would want them to do for you. Let your light shine, your little light. You are the light of the world. Make it a golden rule day. Make it a glorious day.
1: You've been listening to Become New with John Orbert, where you can receive 10 minutes of daily teaching about the person you're becoming. If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to our website, become new.com where John has over 710 minute teachings on the person you're becoming cataloged in 20 different series covering a range of topics you might be interested in. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each episode that include extra resources and discussion questions, you can let us know at become new.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you have a prayer request There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray for listeners just like yourself. You can send your specific request to us at the number 855-888-0444. I'm glad you're here, and we'll catch you next time.